Zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! Hello, and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians and other creatives about the best and worst jobs they've had to do to get by. Today, I'm joined by comedian and writer, Jordan Gray. Hello, are you alright? I am, how are you doing? I'm very well, it's nice of you to have me on your podcast. Um, yes. And it's just nice to see you again, it's been yonks. I also, I didn't ask you if it's alright to swear, I just had presumed. Uh, swear as much as you like, uh, I can't hold a conversation without swearing uh so in that case it's been bloody ages oh <laughs> you cunt um, <laughs> there we go uh drop that in nice yeah. and early <laughs> but yeah it has been a while hasn't it yeah uh i can't even i can't even recall it's always a blur isn't it you just think when we're on the circuit together under normal circumstances just think they're about they're about somewhere you, you always yeah. say, I must have seen you somewhere, but yeah, right. it's ages. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a pandemic last time we spoke. That's probably uh, true. I, yeah, I can't be sure, I would say. <laughs> I'll go with your expertise on that. <laughs> Who knows how long the Chinese government was sitting on it. <laughs> I've got a theory that, um, like they say that laughter is the best medicine. I think that Big Pharma probably didn't like that very much and they're the ones that manufactured this <laughs> that's why we're all indoors now they they yeah. can spread their medicine their their medicine in inverted commas it's not as good as yeah. laughter though is it it's not so they've closed down the entertainment scene <laughs> it's uh, weird very weird yeah. it is it'll be um it'll be a very interesting memory uh to tell children but at the time it is fucking boring (laughs) what will we tell that's the thing about history it's like you're right it is really boring but we won't say that will we we'll say the best things that happened (laughs) we'll say (laughs) we'll talk about i i am unashamedly a massive fan of tiger king and i don't know what because i don't even like the format i don't i've never watched (laughs) that sort of thing but i'm so into it and i follow it like a soap opera and i just found out carol baskin got given uh joe exotic's park doesn't matter if you've no. not watched it basically yeah have you seen it yeah but, so i've watched it but then they started like adding extra episodes yeah. on and i've not seen those so. well this is just in the news that's how big it is in the actual news she's got his park and that's what i'm going to tell people i remember that's all i remember <laughs> is that carol baskin got a good deal out of this and she's been offered loads of money to go on i'm a celebrity get me out of here which i now might watch having never watched it before yeah absolutely and uh, apparently joe exotic got covid did he really? Didn't... Yeah, in prison apparently. I don't know. I don't know how much truth is in that. How is that even like? Isn't that the point? Is that it's you are isolated, in, in like in, you... you're in a cell. You'd think so, but then I suppose if someone comes to visit, and then you're all eating together. Oh, his little conjugal visit with his nine husbands, is it? <laughs> yeah. That's what that... happens, Catherine. If you want to yeah. be knocking around with that many, like. <laughs> partners you're gonna get a touch of the old covid exactly <laughs> but uh, i i don't understand uh how mental uh tiger owners are in america it's um it's got to be something really primal hasn't it not like i don't that just sounds like i'm connecting the dots <laughs> like i mean it feels <laughs> like when you hear like tiger king it's like there's something about the own having two tigers by your side at like a throne you can imagine that mm. being like an ancient Greek king. I think maybe there's something about that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's not. I would. I was going to say something really inflammatory and like, but about him. <laughs> but I don't know if it's a fact, so I probably won't. I'll say it anyway. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you go ahead. I can cut. Yeah. I can cut it out. <laughs> if I mean, this is not a fact, Catherine. But <laughs> I would not be surprised if he interfered with a couple of tigers on a more intimate level. <laughs> and also if that had happened in the documentary that wouldn't even be the weirdest thing that happened in the documentary it really wouldn't and if it came out now yeah. i'd be like yeah 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 i could see that I, you know <laughs> look at him of course he has that's the easiest <laughs> excuse isn't it like he, yeah he does just look like a man that would interfere with a large animal but like uh he the whole way through I just kept you just keep changing your allegiance to him it's like i really liked him then it's like 
oh, he shot a tiger, what a bastard. And then he's like, I saw a tiger. And you're like, oh, the man. And man, he only did it for good reasons. Uh, oh, he shot another one. Oh, dickhead. Like, uh, yeah, I still, only because it's in jail, I think I oh, probably was a bit of a bad one. But if he yeah. did something nice now, I'd be like, oh, so. Oh, come on, Joe. I know that you made that TV show, yeah. your, ent- your own TV channel, so that you could make videos of you shooting an effigy of your competition <laughs> time and time again. But you also made Thanksgiving lunch for people. So Exactly. But out of what, Catherine? Out of what? What was <gasps> he, he did, serving up? He know. did have too many tigers, didn't he? Think that's what he it was. said. <laughs> what an amazing t- twist to find out that even the nicest thing he was supposed to have done was like a, it was like a, uh, what's, what's that, um, the barber of Fleet Street. Oh, like Sweeney Todd. It's like a Sweeney Todd of large jungle cats. <laughs> He'd be like, Joe, this burger's got a claw in it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> that's just how I live my life. That's my favorite. Did I say thing my brother so died? <laughs> oh my god yeah there's people as well i got i felt bad not to hijack your show and talk about tiger king I felt not bad. at all it's like once you've seen a hundredth tiger getting like mistreated it's always bad it just feels less and less you get more desensitized and then when the <laughs> spoiler when like, all the crocodiles got killed i got really sad again because it was like oh not the crocodiles as well. <laughs> not the reptiles oh you monster <laughs> I'd only just gotten over the tigers. Yeah. But the very next scene, if it was a tiger again, I'd be like, oh, like, all right, we get it. He shoots tigers. The man's an idiot. <laughs> but then, oh, there's crocodiles. What an ironic way for a crocodile to die as well. It got burned alive. Yeah. That's never uh, happened in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, poor bugger. But, yeah, I don't know. I think my issue with the documentary has to be uh, the length of it, because it's like they went, and they got all of these shots of tigers. Yeah. And then they were like, we must use every single image of a tiger we have filmed. <laughs> and then just pad it out with words. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that it could have been like three episodes instead of eight. If they'd have just decided to not use every single picture of a tiger they captured. Yeah, maybe the, if it especially for somebody who's maybe never filmed like nature before you probably do get a bit like oh but this is like this is like a planet earth look how good that looks <laughs> you can't leave that shot out look at his little paws yeah and that dirty water that <laughs> dirty lake that they've put in the middle of these <laughs> iron bars there's a bit as well where um carol baskin blood, oh, blood, blood, car, carol bloody baskin Catherine. what's she like oh. I know, trying to look after those yeah. tigers that everyone's irresponsibly bred. <laughs> the, what um, a bitch! There's a bit where she's got her husband on a leash, and it, they just—it just cuts to that, and then it just—it's just gone, and no one says anything. <laughs> and even I watched it like, all right, <laughs> like I didn't, that should have been a whole thing. <laughs> it's like their wedding yeah, day or something. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's my favourite thing that's definitely happened. It, uh, this whole thing is Tiger King, and I don't know why. I just I'm happy to admit it. It's like guilty pleasure or whatever. That it's just the best thing. That's <laughs> yeah, if uh, you know, put everything else to one side. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not all bad, is it? Exactly. And the and uh, you know, long may he reign. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to tag that. Like, he's, yeah. He'll always be the Tiger King, Catherine. So he will. The other thing, and then we will begin the podcast, yeah. um, but <laughs> my other issue with it was how many uh, members of his staff are missing limbs? <laughs> like, one guy's got no legs, and then there's another guy who's just missing an arm. Yeah. I can't believe, when you just said that, I hadn't even connected that. I just thought, <laughs> oh, like, there's somebody without a leg, and that's their story, and there's somebody without an arm. The fact that it was both tiger-related... Actually, I don't think one of them was tiger-related. That's what, that's why, wasn't it? Because everyone thinks it was yeah. related to tiger. But you're right. It's like, maybe, I don't know, equal opportunities. Like, once you've got one person without a limb, you can't really yeah. turn somebody else down. down. 
<laughs> that hasn't got yeah. an appendage, a necessary appendage. That's uh, true. But like the guy that lost an arm, mm. they went to hospital and they said, we can save your arm. But mm. he was like, nah, I, I need to get back to work. <sighs> Just take it off. No. And also they spent the whole time calling him a her. Yeah, I, I said to my wife straight away, as because I've got quite a deep voice and this is an audio medium, I point out I'm a transgender woman, not just like a <laughs> chap, not just like a, a chap. Um, I, kept, I pointed out to my wife the whole time. I was like, look, and he just is super cool about it. Just, I mean, to be fair, it was like, but they're probably not saying, hello, madam, how are you? It's just <laughs> after the incident. Uh, yeah, the, doc, the documentary filmmakers <clears throat> called, him, called him a... He was really cool on that extra bit with, uh, what's his name? This is what I'm going to do, by the way. Also, the podcast is not remembered the names of things. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, the guy from Community and, you know, the uh, the main guy, Joel something. He he did he hosted the after show and uh, he was on there. And, yeah, that, that one-armed that one -armed man is the, just the hero of the show, I think. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's so cool. Imagine... Imagine valuing your workplace above your own arm. <laughs> but like, I've had... Us nicely into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've had some jobs I've loved, but I would never give them my actual arm. <laughs> That's great. That's definitely going to come up later, because I remember off, off air you had told me what the upcoming job is. I think the yes. arm lifting might come up. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, I mean, let's get to what the people have paid for. No one's paying for this, um, <laughs> apart from myself. Uh, what is the worst job you've ever done? Worst job I've ever done was... So I've been so fortunate that uh, I left school and I was a musician for, like, 10 years, but um, it just worked. I was so lucky it worked straight away, so 10 years professional musician, and then I thought I want to be a comedian now. And in the interim, for, like, three months, maximum before I could conceivably do any comedy I cleaned at a casino <clears throat> and my wife's a croupier at that casino so it's really easy to get the job uh, I learned there what an addiction actually entails like what real addiction entails I, I have been addicted to things in the past but never to this extent right so the gambling the guys that go to the private poker room um, they're so addicted to the game and this was an urban legend until I found out it was actually a fact, that they'll go to the toilet um, downstairs, not just where they are, and, oh, and good, they will uh, do their business as you would expect. But they are so, de I presume it's really high stakes, they're so desperate to get back to the table that not only will they just not wash their hands, it's, there is no attention to detail mid-act. So if I could, I'm trying to say it without being gross, They'll begin their business, their seated business. They'll leave halfway through that business, pulling their trousers up, trailing their way back to the table. That's not an exaggeration. And so the worst thing I've ever had to do was clean a trail of detritus that left the room that it started in down a corridor and up a stairs, at which point it wasn't in my jurisdiction anymore. So someone else had to take <laughs> over. I've cleaned it to the point where I don't know how far it kept going. <laughs> that's got to be addiction. Um, yeah, it, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And it wasn't even like I didn't get a medal, I didn't get a special commendation. <laughs> that's just par for the course. That's yeah. just normal work. Um, and it's the only job I've ever had that wasn't in the... So it's, it's unfair to com compare it to other jobs because all I've been is like a musician and a comedian. But it's the only job where I've served the public in that intimate of a manner. <laughs> Wow, that's because like I've cleaned up, um, you know, bodily fluids, sure. but they were children's. So there is a certain level of like, this is disgusting, but they can't help it. So it's yes. fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not fine. Uh, I shouldn't, their mum <laughs> should, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, they weren't related to you or anything? Just... Oh, no, no. Uh, okay. It was just a, I worked at a children's soft play centre. But like, to be cleaning an adults, yeah. um, it's <laughs> yeah. I like that word. Yeah. I'm gonna use it more often. It's, it's not. It's not 
the, le- the level of um it might even be the same it might be like oh they can't help it because they can only think i was holding my card two minutes ago and i was out of good hand and it's i don't know if it's because the people are waiting for them to keep going but in that case you just be like just give me 10 minutes i think it's they yeah. don't want to miss out on a hand and they're so addicted that's what the, the shift manager guy told me he said they're just so so addicted to it um but it wasn't like uh it wasn't like you just drew a line <laughs> just like one long line it was like uh particulated at, at, oh. at like trail um so that means that they've just pull, pulled up their britches and let like but, <laughs> but as i think about it the logistics is like they did they pull them all the way up and it, and it's made its way out the bottom or yeah. are they halfway up their knees or halfway up the stairs are they still pulling their belt together you know yeah. And to then go and spend thousands of pounds it's like very <laughs> un- undignified way to live your, live your life yeah so like did you i mean so did you see people with wet patches like it's, it's always after the fact and there's like one down so there's a downstairs toilet to this place and then like a subhuman level toilet that's only for private parties and i think the high rollers had become aware of this place um having been frequent visitors to the casino so they would be clever and go to that downstairs one that was not seen all weekend it would be used on a friday and then monday i'll come in and clean it which meant that this this trail has not even been seen so oh, which means they've gone up one and a half level of stairs as well just to give you a, an idea oh wow yeah uh, that's oh. not um but it's but i've been i've never spoken about it in my commentary but it is a valuable experience to have put myself down to that because anything beyond that, any gig beyond that is like, fine, that's fine. Don't yeah. shit on my stage and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that's incredible. So was, was it like open 24 hours at the casino? Yes. Yeah, definitely. 24 yeah. hour casino, but the downstairs area was just used for special, like the special poker room. This was high rollers. I don't think they would have tolerated it from like, just like a, a one arm bandit. I told you one arm would come up. Yeah, <laughs> um, from like the people that play the machines, I don't think they would have tolerated that. But these yeah. guys spent so much money; it's like, like just like like Roman kings. They can just pass out where they like are playing, and 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 I thought also like because um, I've treated it very romantically. This bit, I was like, oh, I'm I'm in the I'm in the uh, engine room of the Titanic now. I'm like got <laughs> I wore like a headscarf and everything. I look like sort of a like a Romany kind of a character, you know. I'd go in there like thinking that this was a really noble <laughs> noble job <laughs> so i tried to elevate it to a stage where i was like really proud of myself but that's just not normal behavior to have to do anyway and yeah. um, it was what it was worth it it meant that i could afford to do comedy i did three months and i broke my knee and i just used that money to do some comedy and that worked out fine oh gosh did you break your knee at work or yeah on the way to work on a bike i broke my knee um, and I went in anyway because, like we were just saying about, you know, I, I, you know, you're just scared. Do you want to do such a good job? So I went in anyway with a badly, badly damaged knee, and I had to Hoover. So they just gave me the Hoover, so I, I could sort of lean on the Hoover for, to support my weight. <laughs> so it was like oh, a half, half a crutch and half a utensil at the same time. Um, yeah, horrible. And then he just, they very kindly let me, kindly in inverted commas, let me go after them um, a few more weeks. It's like I can't do this every day. I'm, I'm broken. I'm broken, yeah. and I'm cleaning up other people's left behinds. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's um, that's incredible. Did you do you gamble? Did you ever have a go or not? No, I think my no. I've just uh, never found seen the allure. Have you ever had the flatter? Is that something you partake in? No, not really. I, like I think I did the Grand National once because a friend was and then I was like I probably shouldn't have done that because you know of the animal cruelty um (laughs) and also I didn't win uh so (laughs) yeah bad all round very good reasons to not yeah um yeah just also it's all the type of people that frequent a casino and not the sort of people I would think I'd have much in common with to talk about um there's something yeah. quite it's weird it's like when you've worked at casino for a long time especially when you're not serving the customers i'm just cleaning also because it's 24 hour you are amongst customers a lot of the time you're just hoovering like around like people that are worth playing on machines 
it does feel a bit like The Sims, but you're not got much. Like, <laughs> you don't get to control it very much. But it all just becomes like people in, get some points, people out, and you're just cleaning up after. <laughs> like, like things set on fire or they shit on the floor. <laughs> do they? I think they do in The Sims, don't they? They just yeah. if they don't have a toilet, they just <laughs> just it. Yeah. Maybe this is. Maybe it's all coming out that I was, in fact, in a video game simulation. <laughs> Did uh, Was there ever a swimming pool which had the uh, the steps to it removed and someone drowned? <laughs> <laughs> there was legitimately a swimming pool that had been used for like 10 years and it was on a sub-level, probably the same level as that thing. Um, and it was just full of storage. Like So there, it must have at some point had a really swanky swimming pool and uh, just gone into disrepair, so it's full of boxes. Maybe that, Maybe that is what happened. Yeah, oh my god. Come it's to all coming it, together. They had all these floating diamonds above their heads. It's all green floating diamonds. <laughs> that I wasn't allowed to touch. Oh god. Yeah. So, is it true that they also do that thing where they don't have clocks or windows? There was no, I've never um, been in a casino. It's, that's, a, that's very much like a Vegas casino thing. My father is a, is a big Vegas going guy. Um, but in ours, they ours. I say I worked there for three months, like three years ago. <laughs> it's my yeah. casino. In that casino, they they did they didn't have clocks, but there was a big wide glass screen that looked out into the world. That was tinted, so you'd have to yeah you'd have to go out of your way to forget that it was night time. But like it, it wasn't like a, quite as distinct as if you were outside, which to be fair is the same as any house. I don't know why I had to just make a distinction there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is true. I suppose. <laughs> I know. I tell a lie. I've been to a casino once, uh, and they wouldn't let us in because someone we were with, uh, who I think you know, but I'll tell you the yeah. name later, yeah. uh, was dressed as Father Christmas, <laughs> and they were like, "Absolutely not! No, you're not allowed in." What is the like <laughs> denominational celebrations, or just this person looks a bit like trouble? Uh, I think, well, we were all very drunk as well. Yeah. And I think they were just like, we are going to cut our losses here. These guys are clearly not going to spend a lot. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, they've got to weigh that up. If you look like you've got deep pockets, they'll just turf you in. It's fine. It's like fear and loathing in Las Vegas, isn't it? They just let turn you loose on the on the carnival. It's fine. <clears throat> I can't... Yeah, we were not. Yeah. It's, that's <laughs> the only reason to go to a casino is to lose loads of money or because it's the last place open and you're not finished getting your buzz on <laughs> which is why we were there <laughs> yeah. but also like i just don't understand the figures of money that people put down it is it's obscene yeah how, how who has that i mean those guys don't do they? that's addiction for you i suppose yeah sad. sad it's sad Catherine. i'm not yeah i'm, I'm not condoning it but if you do want to go there, just aim. Just aim for the the tank. <laughs> Is that what they call it? The basin? It's not even hard. It's not like you're doing it from a distance. Just, just connect the two areas that need to be connected. It's very much like Lego. Just sit down <laughs> and do it. And just wait a considerable amount of time for nature to take it. Gravity is doing it for you, you absolute mug. Let it just happen. <laughs> <laughs> and leave, and then leave, and I don't. And then if you win, I'm happy for you. Yeah, just, just defecate like your mama showed you. <laughs> That's all. That's like the uh, the very posh version of like um, oh, what were they called? Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> What's that band called? Oh, I don't know. It's like one of their songs, but told through a respectable lens. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. That's certainly the most disgusting job I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. I've been far more embarrassed. Right, so okay. I wanted to ask you on your, in, on this podcast is, I presume that you yourself have have had many. Well, I don't presume just looking at you or knowing you. <laughs> I presume, that I presume Thank you. you've started the podcast because you have had many embarrassing stories, but you will surely have told those stories to other guests in the past. So I, I wouldn't be like, "What's your most embarrassing story?" But is there something that you still think about, like, all the time? Uh, I well, I was trying to think. Ones that um, I probably haven't told on here. Uh, I, I worked at a hostel briefly, uh, and that was uh, not great, because you would have to be like, 
for I mean like a probably less than minimum wage yeah. have to like change fifty beds in a morning, mm. but they're like triple tier bunk beds. And also you'd have someone asleep on like the middle tier and <laughs> <laughs> be having to like change the bottom and top bunk. Yeah. And it, it was impossible. And it was in like that that human, summer, you know? Human gender. <laughs> like yeah. just pulling it out to make sure one doesn't the guy doesn't come out. <laughs> but I was uh, I was one time listening to a podcast. Uh, I don't know if you know all killer no filler. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, about serial killers. Uh, I was listening to that, and uh, I'd sort of put it on the my phone on the side, and gone to the top of this three tier bunk bed to change it. And the, <laughs> as they were like describing just an, a brutal murder, like this woman walks in. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't get down to it quick enough. <laughs> it's uh, probably the most embarrassed I was. And looming um, over somebody as well, like a like an actual vampire. <laughs> What's to listen to the uh, brutal um, murder of a prostitute <laughs> sex worker? I, I can't hear the word hostile without thinking of the hostile movies, which I haven't seen. So it's probably worse in my mind than the movie actually is. <laughs> so when you said that like, I worked at a hostel, I thought that. And then it's really sweet that you just say, yeah, it weren't great. <laughs> like, no. These scenes of murder and bloodshed. <laughs> it weren't great. It was no. quite bad. The yeah. first day I was there, someone woke up and came down to complain because they had their shoes stolen. Right. Uh, and it only got worse from there. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, so. that's, it's, that's a soft opening. You know, it so, is. Yeah. <laughs> And then there was all the murders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just like, oh, God, <laughs> I'm on £7 an hour. <laughs> I think it was more than that. Um, yeah. Other, what are your other worst jobs? Have you had other worst jobs? Yeah. Because, again, because of the nature of this podcast, it's, I imagine um, your, your uh, guests are predominantly comedians and people in the creative sector. So I won't, don't harp on about like, bad gigs I've done but um a lot of like so I uh I've done a small bit of extra work um, which is you know a lot of people do that just to kind of it's you think you're doing it to advance your career but it makes no you know it doesn't do anything to your career but I am I was cast in the role of like it just said a transgender person and I didn't uh I've never like I was gonna use the word suck what's the what's (laughs) what's the word for seek Seeked, seeked. Sought. Sought. Never sought. Sack. I'll never suck. I never sought. I've never sucked on camera, right? <laughs> well, we'll see when the end of this story. I am. Um, oh. No, 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 no. I, no, 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 no. It's just, I'll go add a few more no's. Just, no, 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 no. Uh, I, uh, so I hadn't sought the job, but it was through somebody else. And it was just for a transgender person, which is a bad sign to start with because it doesn't require you to be or look or do anything apart from be transgender. And it was for a TV show called The Romanoff which I think is like a five, I don't know. It's, it's quite, quite a good show. Um, and I was just, uh, I'd really put a lot of stock into that this was going to be like a big break. So I had some big actors in that I knew. And I was, I'd just come off The Voice as well. So I was like, they, like I was a transgender person that was of like a certain, again, I was certainly use a, like I wouldn't use the word ilk. I wasn't like <laughs> well known, but I had some, uh, I don't know, some column yeah, inches. Credits. And I was dressed up in, they put me in this weird, like, sort of jumper and a, and a mini skirt. And I was like, all right, this is whatever this artistic vision is. And then I just started seeing loads more, like, transgender people knocking around. And uh, we went to the scene, because when you're an extra, you wait all day long to just for, like, 10 minutes or whatever. This scene, and there's only eight of us in the scene, and then, like, the two main people sitting around in a support group. Um, and I was very, <laughs> I had no idea what the show was about. But I very, very quickly realised that um, I was playing a, like a drug-addled prostitute, like, <laughs> um, sex oh, worker. No. Um, but like, because I've been made up so nice and I'd fooled myself into thinking, oh, I look really nice, like this makeup is beautiful. But then compared to everyone else, I was so ridiculously made up. Um, and I've, I'd always said that I'm never going to play, because transgender people, we are just cast as prostitutes and serial killers. So I was like, I'm never going to do that. But I accidentally did. So that was very much a uh, uh, a win for the industry and a loss for little principled me. 
Just yeah. I, I didn't even realize until the scene started that I was, play, I was playing a prostitute <laughs> that was come there for. I think I presume it was an 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 NA meeting that we were in. Yeah. Um. Oh, right. And the good the good bit about that story is, so the the main character turns to me, and um and was like, so uh, Lucy or whatever my name was, Lucy, would you like to speak now? And I wasn't not expecting that because it doesn't say that in the script. Um, they just needed someone to look at, and I was the closest. So I looked at him and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't want to speak because I didn't have any lines. So I'd get in trouble. So I just sort of made the sound like, <laughs> and then when it came to the end of the day, you have to sign a sheet to say you've done your job for the day. So I was ticking my name and everything. And there's a little box which says if you had done any additional, <laughs> additional <laughs> performance. And I didn't want to be a, like a dickhead. But I said to the guy, I was like, look, I've seen extras with Ricky Gervais and I've heard about this thing called supplementary performance fee. I did look at the main guy and then look over in a different direction. Does that count? And he's like, oh, I'll have to check. So he called the director from where he was sitting. And I was like, oh, no, now I know exactly what that conversation is. It's I've got this woman here who's saying she wants more money. Did she do an extra performance? And he would have said, well, yes, when she looked at someone (laughs) and then looked in a different direction for five seconds. But I did, I got it. I got my extra 75 quid. Oh, <clears throat> and this was during I mean, that time when I was working at the casino as well, so it was very well received. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, how many hours is that at minimum wage? Yes. Like for looking, look, for looking yeah. at someone. Cool thing about that, did you ever see Extras? Uh, yeah, I watched it. I liked it. it I liked Extras a lot. The show within the show, that When the Whistle Blows, there's a guy in it, um, Nobler, or whatever his name is, like quite a large guy with ginger hair that's in that show and in the show in, in extras there's a scene where he's flicking through sandwiches do you remember like in the christmas special he he's gone to the table and he's flicking through all the sandwiches and he doesn't even pick one so no one else yeah. can eat them that guy was the main character of this scene but he'd lost loads of weight but then when we cut he went to the, he went to the table and he's flicking through sandwiches and i was like this is now i'm in it i'm in the land of tv oh, it was a very bizarre like um what's it called art uh, life imitating art moment he was flicking yeah. through sandwiches right in front of me and i had to wait because i was an extra but i got my money back didn't i so yeah happy days how many sandwiches can you get worth 75 quid <laughs> <laughs> they were good as well they were good sandwiches so i mean sort of what? i won twice oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. there's no even the worst day on a on a film set is better than any other day doing anything I mean, especially when you compare those two stories of a casino and that. But I looked in a direction, I ate some sandwiches, and I got 75 quid. I was quite happy with that. So it was the worst. It was very embarrassing, but I was probably paid for my embarrassment. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good good job. Have you ever done any um, extra work? No. However, uh, my, you know, Waterloo Road... Uh, oh, right, do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was filmed at a, like a school that had uh, gone into disrepair and was no longer being used yeah. near where I grew up. So they used kids from the local schools um, oh. to be extras. So I remember being in my drama class and my teacher being like, OK, so they need like five extras for Wednesday who wants to have a go? Uh, and, you know, like, a few people put their hands up and they're like, yeah, so we've got, you know, like, Tom, uh, we've got James, Lucy, anyone else? And I got my hand up and they're like, anyone else? And I was like, uh, me, I'd like to have a go, sir. And they're like, sorry, we'll just send four. Oh, why? <laughs> I wasn't good enough to, like, sit in a, like, play myself. Yeah. What a fundamentally um, horrific thing to to instill in a child that you're not even good enough as, <laughs> as you are. You don't to be set dressing. <laughs> you're literally a breathing prop. <laughs> the school itself is going to be a school that has fallen into disrepair. That school is a better school than you are a person. <laughs> <laughs> It was so cruel. But one good thing to go out of that was someone I went to school with, uh, she was an extra in it, and then she got a part in it, 
and then she ended up in Coronation Street. And she did get killed off, uh, but uh, she uh, did a very good job, very nice person, very happy for her. That's it, uh, that's it. But, you know, it could have been me. <laughs> it couldn't. It could never, <laughs> ever have been me. <laughs> soaps are where it's like... I'd... As exciting as it would be, I don't know if I would want to commit to a soap because then people just start thinking you are that person that they just expect you to be that. And you would, I imagine, if you're in a soap, you forget what you've done a month in. You don't remember what you did the first time, but everyone else thinks yeah. like they remember it encyclopedically. Gonna throw yeah. as many words as I want out there <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but like, I, I tried doing that once. I like looked at the harrowing lives that people have had in soaps. Like, you know, David Platt has had one wife killed, another one <laughs> shot and forgot who he was. He's been raped. He's bringing up his dead wife's kid. He, as a child, was uh, tied up and driven into a river by his mum's mental husband like the things that have happened to these poor people like and it's all just part of the course yeah it's fine get but, over it and they don't even talk about it that much like <laughs> no. when they're at the bar so they're all desensitized <laughs> this awful series of events <clears throat> exactly and they're like why you know they're just going back to normal like the week after these things are I was up for uh, a part in uh, Hollyoaks um, and mm. I, I don't want to cast aspersions on any art however <laughs> but like my memory of Hollyoaks is that it came on after the Simpsons on Sky One and we just switched it over <laughs> so like <laughs> that is exactly what yeah. I did too <laughs> that's it that's all it was was no no I'm good we changed to something else but again the part was a transgender person Right, but it was, um, so if someone put me forward for it, and I was like, oh, cool, all right, you know, like, again, it would be exciting, imagine it'd be quite exciting. And then we got to it, and it was, um, it was the, the part was for a transgender man, uh, a, a, a man who had been a woman before, like our friend from Tiger King, was a woman, now a man. But they neglected to mention that whatsoever, and the casting director didn't know the difference. So when I was like, no, what? no, I was really nice about it. I was like, no, dude, I'm, I'm so I, I was a man. I'm a woman now. Look at these, this cleavage that I've spent a lot of money on to give you that <laughs> strong impression. <laughs> this isn't going to work at all. But, but they were trying, I guess they maybe were trying to be inclusive and just let anyone have a go. But it's really a bit of a mind fuck <laughs> to be asked to do that. Can you play someone that used to, <laughs> used to be a woman, but is clearly a man now? <laughs> Wow, that's it's just acting, isn't it? That's We're it. all just pretending to that's be someone right. else. <laughs> I'm just, I happen to be better at being this. Yeah, I'm better at performing this than I was performing as a man. I, I think that sometimes. I always say to young kids when they ask me, I say the performance element ended when I stopped pretending to be a man because I was really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I forgot about that. So that, this, see, that's the make the magic of the show, isn't it? This podcast, it will make you remember uncomfortable yeah. moments in your professional <laughs> development you're welcome <laughs> as you start digging yeah, they it. get uncovered I, I haven't even rem- remembered that i mean again there's no better day at work than there is being a creative if you're doing something you want to do but but then you get desensitized to how easy it is and you start complaining about stuff so i've had bad days that at the time i thought were really awful but yeah. I, all I probably did was have a sandwich and nobody <laughs> nobody said I was amazing for 10 minutes <laughs> this, is, this isn't on <laughs> so I mean like bad gigs then if you uh what <laughs> what is the uh the catalogue of those so many bad ones they're made worse if you're not getting paid obviously but if you're being paid oh, you God. sort of just go corporate whatever that's fine <clears throat> but I am um, I've booked most of my income comes from playing Prides, and I was booked to do a Pride, a huge Pride up north, can't remember where it was, um, and I was booked in the cabaret tent, which as we all know, if you've ever attended the Pride, is the naughty tent, it's where the grown-ups do, it's burlesque will happen and stuff, and it's public, so anyone can go in, but usually there's an 18 plus and you have to wait on the door, um, but you can get away with naughty stuff, so I've had planned my normal set, which is sort of blue, I guess, as the, I don't know, granddad would say. Um, and I walked out to a sea of children's faces 
and what? this particular gig, it, their opinion of a uh, of a cabaret tent was the fun-filled family tent because cabaret is, but it's all like fun. It's fun for the whole family. Um, so luckily I had my keyboard. So all I did instead of doing any a single bit of comedy was I went out and said hello and I played like music for half an hour and I invited this little girl up on stage with me <clears throat> just to like blink at the top of my piano like we're doing chopsticks. <laughs> Um, and I think her parents probably found it adorable, but everyone else found it very, very grating. Because I was not prepared. I was ready to go out there and smash a dirty gig. And then there's just loads of kids expecting me to be, like, off reality TV. Again, that's that's the thing. I didn't realise that I was booked because some pre-teens or, and younger knew who I was for about five minutes <laughs> having watched BBC. Um, that weren't good. I don't know. Uh, no. I hate that when they do that with gigs, mm. like they don't tell you, you know, like I, I did one and I was like, okay, is there, because it was like a bit more mixed and I was like, okay, is there anything that I can or can't say? And they're like, don't worry, it's fine. You do you, you yeah. go for it. Yeah. Uh, and it was in Edinburgh as well. And like, I, so I'm not a child friendly act, I would not say. <laughs> no. I, you know, I went out and then I turned around and it was all just like a man who'd brought all of his young like daughter and friends uh, and they're like audible gasps as I was saying jokes <laughs> and I was like I'm just gonna leave is that like I'll be better for everyone <laughs> but what, yeah but what's the what is the etiquette for you because it's like there's two ways and they're both professional one is to leave and say mm-hmm. This is a, not a culture fit. <laughs> this doesn't work, and leave, and that and no one will blame you. The other professional thing to do, both equally professional, is to do what you were booked to do. Come what may, <laughs> but which, like, how are you supposed to decide in that moment? Because you could have a grown ass adult that doesn't like what you're doing. Like, so, yeah, you had to make it. What did you just leave? Is that what you did? Uh- I did, yeah, on that one I left. Yeah, yeah. I did have another gig, which was going terribly, and I went, shall I leave? And they said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's fine. It was a very small audience, and I tried to leave, but the MC had got out for a cigarette. No. So, <laughs> oh. And I was, I was like, come back. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't see because of the lights. And he didn't come back. And I was like, all right, guys, um, I'm just going to have to stay. I'm really sorry. <laughs> until he comes back so and it, even the time that you, you could have just been doing the material you had to fill it with an apology about why you're not leaving yeah and then I just thought I did some material and if anything they were nicer about it because they were like you know I suppose we all know what's going on now isn't it, isn't it weird like I try to. I'm. I'm. I'm not yet of a stage where it's point. It, there's any uh, point in me saying to a young comedian what to like, like advice. I just feel like a dickhead. And I'll wait till I'm really old. But like, <clears throat> um, I do try and say to people who are just starting, or at least when you, you remember seeing new comedians and they won't get a single laugh until the minute they acknowledge it's not working, and then everyone relaxes and then they start laughing. It's like, oh, that's because they're being real for like the first, the the last five seconds of their act is when they when they go, oh, that didn't go well, did it? And everyone laughs. Because they said yeah. something real. I always try and say that like to, to new people. Like If it doesn't feel like it's working, just acknowledge it and people will like you a lot more. Yeah, but like only acknowledge it once. Oh, don't God, be yeah. Because some people yeah. are like, this is terrible, I'm terrible, this is awful. And you're like, well, if you don't think you're good, why should yeah. I? Oh, yeah, it's got to be a, um, a Hail Mary, not the, not the content of your performance. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, go on, go on. I was, gonna say, I was just going to say, which I've also done that as well. Uh, just apologise the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so lucky I got my keyboard because if ever it's not going right, I just go, oh, who wants to hear a song that you all know? And then it just gets everybody back on side. I've legitimately yeah. done comedy gigs where I did half comedy and then maybe like played Oasis and get like a standing ovation. That's not my work. I just played the song <laughs> by someone else. But I was so like desperate to, to not fail and to play something that I know people will like. Um, yeah. I, had a, I did a gig. This is, it's, I don't get embarrassed easily. And a lot of time on stage, I will, um, I'll get new because uh, it's not just for like, oh, look, a new person. I'm a transgender and I've not had bottom surgery, as they say, which is really important to make the distinction. It means on the front, not the actual ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always think that when people say it. Um, so when people see a new transgender lady, I've got boobs on, 
they have to decide what they think straight away. The whole audience has to shift either up or down. And luckily they will shift up because what dickhead would you have to be to be like, that's not right. So everyone, it's, it's really nice. It unifies the audience and it becomes less taboo really, really quickly. But I said I'd do it once at a, um, a oh, it was a, like a really rich person dinner party. And it was clearly one of those like uber rich, eyes wide shut type parties. I'm not seeing that movie. I just presume it's like they all probably went and had sex afterwards. It was like a really posh masquerade <laughs> party. And I said, I'll do my music. And then like, uh, so I, I will get news like halfway through because they'd had like a topless uh, harp player the week before. And I was like, well, I will not be outdone. I'll get completely naked. <laughs> so I've decided I'll probably do that. So I, I wore an outfit that could just come off easy. Um, <clears throat> and then I got in there and it wasn't like a gig. It was just a table, <laughs> a table of people eating dinner with a keyboard in the corner with all the lights on. So I play my music really quietly, which is awkward anyway, because I'm singing, but they're eating right there. Like this is an audio medium, so I shall lean in closer so you get the impression they're right there. Um, and uh, and the it, it got to the halfway point, and then the the uh, person that booked me kept coming over and saying, "So when when are you going to get naked?" I was like, "Well, that's sort of my decision. I didn't think you booked me just to be nude. You booked me for my music, and I've got a reputation for getting nude." She's like, "No, no, but it'd be really cool. It'd be really cool." So it got to the, just before they sat back down for their dessert, I'm standing there. She's like, right, do it now. Like signaling to me, do it now. So I had to go, ah, oh, hello, <laughs> to no music, nothing, <laughs> no stage. I'm just standing there at a dinner party. I'm standing at table. <laughs> hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I've been in the corner. You probably heard me warbling on. Um, oh, so um, I heard you had a, a topless harpist last week. And uh, not to be outdone, I'm going to... Uh, gonna take my clothes off now and i just stood there <laughs> and took off like the top and then bottom to not not even like a oh well just people looking like why is this person getting naked <laughs> but no um no outrage but no no uh uh no respect for what was happening whatsoever <laughs> and then i just was nude just standing there with like a top out on like a ticket <laughs> and i just went and sat back behind my piano and just played for another half an hour it was, but it was that thing of she's She'd, I, I realised I'd basically been booked as like the modern equivalent of the bearded lady. Just I only realised that halfway through the gig, I was only booked to at some point be nude while people ate their food. It was wow. so tragic. It was it's more tragic than embarrassing because I wasn't embarrassed. It's was more like normally I do this to a round of uh, applause of people being really supportive. Like yeah, fuck the system. You you do you, girl. This is like sixteen people that wanted to eat. <laughs> Someone waggling their their novel. <laughs> <laughs> wow um i got pay, again got paid handsomely but not it's not a, a it's not like it is in the movies it's, it's not like a, <laughs> a glamorous affair with like you know uh long ominous tones in the background it's just me with my tits and dick out <laughs> while he's trying to eat <laughs> see they should just be up front about it <laughs> i very much was right there but if, not even if, when it's a stage then it's like oh the thing that's happening on the stage it's like midsummer night's dream if we shadows have offended it's like that's a different world not when you're just yeah. there that's not um, no light no nothing to cover up any ripples or whatever it's just dark light. and then just i could hear people chewing i swear I swear it's just oh no it's uh awkward as hell but also some of the best gigs i've ever done have been nudie gigs it's like it depends it does depend on I mean, 16 people is not a great gig anyway, is it really? No, it's not a good turnout. And people shouldn't be eating <laughs> Well, this is a gig on. It's not their fault. Best bit about it is it was not <laughs> their fault that they weren't impressed. They came for an evening out with a promise of some mysterious sort of atmosphere. And then right in front of them is that. And I've been told to do that. It wasn't, I'm not going, does anyone fancy this? I've done a Louis CK right in front of them <laughs> without... But I was told to do it. I didn't want, I didn't want the attention. Uh, yeah, to be fair, though, they didn't ask you to start wanking. That was, on you? Yes, I, I, I get, I get uh, enthusiastic. I was, I was chasing the laughs. <laughs> it's part of my act, what of it? <laughs> um, yeah, and then just sat and played music. But again, the, all the mystery just went out of it straight away. <laughs> I was no longer this ethereal figure in the corner. I was just some maddo. 
So, uh, best jobs then? I think, like, that's the best thing ever because it makes you think about the best times in your life. I um, Best job I've got is now. Um, I'm so happy, but not going to talk about that. But imagine that. So it's just like, yeah, I'm content. See ya. <laughs> um, no, I mean, good. Yeah. I'm glad to I'm talk there, yeah. about it if you want. It's, yeah. uh, well, it's the dream. It is the dream. I'm so happy. Like, And I'm, I'm also not naive to the fact it involves lots of luck. Um, but also go on reality tv and you see all the offers that you get given that you are not qualified for <laughs> I, get, I get given so much like offered so much stuff that just because people saw my face once um <clears throat> so, but regardless i've I, I now write a show that i'm in which is a dream and nobody's yeah. telling me not to no one's stopping me so it's, it's all right it's quite good but the best um the best job i ever had uh, so i always did music as a kid but before i could play piano or like conceivably hold a tune i was in a grindcore band when i was 14 called silent feedback <laughs> i don't know what i mean nice yeah it's, just, it's like i think at the time we thought it was really cool but I, I looking back i don't remember if any of us knew what it meant silent feedback. <laughs> um and i lived in a pub so once a month my mum said we could have the function room downstairs to play a gig for our friends like our school friends That's cool and we could keep the money right which is a really nice thing for my mum to do but I don't think she realised quite how popular it was going to be because every school then like had like a metal band. It was a metal scene in Essex and we were the one from our school. So if you weren't like a rude boy, I believe in what it was called at the time, um, then you came. So we had like 400 kids paying like a five fiver each. Um, oh my God. And crammed into this room once a month. And uh, it was like, and I'm the lead singer, so I'm there not singing, I'm growling. It's the... Nothing to, sorry if that was really loud. There's nothing to it at all. Um, and I was proper nerd, like, 29 days of the month. But then on this one day, I was like, the, it's the best thing you can be as a lead singer of the band. Um, and then they'd leave, and my mum would let us count out the money into, like, these, like, four pint, pint glasses for each of, like, each of the four of us in the band, and we each get given, like, a pint of money. <laughs> and when you're 14 and you've got no other money, and then you just get, like... 400 quid or something mad like something like a crazy amount of money in a pint glass um i didn't know what to do with it so then we'd spend we'd just stay up till three in the morning we'd go to the kebab van who wouldn't charge us because he his rent was really low so he'd let us have free food as well so i know all this money i couldn't even spend it and he'd give us loads of free food and we just sit like these kids surrounded by food spending that money behind the bar because we we're really responsible we'd give some of my money uh, my mum that some of my money back to my mum for alcohol and we just stay awake till four in the morning, like the day before school, chucking peanuts at the optics in the dark to see if we can make a tune. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I think about that all the time. It was the last time I felt like nobody, uh, we did exactly how we wanted. I just screamed into a microphone with makeup on and it was the best, apparently the best thing ever. <laughs> like, um, it was so loud that the glasses would like rattle and fall off the back and people loved it. It was crazy. I climb up. I didn't get nudes. I mean, that would have been a crime, I imagine, if I'd done it back then. But um, as close as that level of attention for being the nerdiest person in my my own life, and then all of a sudden just get handed a pint of money and get told you're the best thing since sliced bread for one month, one day a month. Best job. Best job I've ever had. And I never even got paid that much for like my first five years doing comedy. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah, oh, I think about it all the time. Do you have any memories like that? Where like that was the peak of my t- teenage years. Um, I don't. Know. I enjoyed college. I thought college was great. Yeah. They were like two of the best years. Just like just get to hang out with your mates all the time. Yeah. And we, I went, I studied theatre, so we just had Thanks, a theatre. Yeah. We used to play like hide and seek in the dark so just one person would get a torch and have to find them it's so dangerous sure. uh, we weren't allowed to do it but uh yeah they were wonderful years just the, uh, the best because also like you got thrown together with these people so then yeah and and i say a job it's like it's a thing that happened and we got money for it but there was no responsibility to do it no one was asking yeah. for it I didn't have anything to pay for it's a hundred percent expendable income so, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Uh, have you had any other on the uh, the good jobs list? Yeah, just uh, like obviously a great a great gig is a gig that goes extremely well and you get paid. But I did like um, <laughs> I had a gig where 
I, I, right, I feel guilty about this because it's really self-indulgent and I was being paid. <laughs> but like, I had a gig with them. The mic stand uh, was, and I was headlining, so there was like six people on performing. And it was so flimsy that every time, right, so every time somebody picked up the mic stand, I'm going to explain this because it's audio, the legs would droop down because it wasn't locked in place. And then thus, when they went to put it down to their side, it wouldn't stand up properly. It was just like a, a flimsy pole. So they would faff with it. And when that happens the first time, the obvious thing to do is take note, because then when it's your turn, don't do that. <laughs> Just take the mic out and, and slide it. But for whatever yeah. reason, six comedians in a row did that. They all took it out one by one and went to put it down and faffled about and kicked the legs of it and was like, oh, oh, oh what's, this, what's this thing like? Oh, I'll move out of the way, it's Victoria Beckham, whatever they do, you know, whatever comedians do. I say comedians, yeah. like, they're different than us. <laughs> whatever those kinds of comedians do. Um. So I thought it'd be really, <laughs> I thought it'd be really funny to get on and make a massive meal of like not being able to move the mic stand. <laughs> so I took the mic out and I picked up the mic stand. I went to put it down. I was like, oh, oh this, this bloody doesn't work, does it? And what I started doing to zero laughter is I started wrapping myself around it like a python. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fell on the floor with it. And I was still, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm being like Andy Kaufman right now. This is amazing. <laughs> I just rolled around for maybe five minutes because I was like, I was like, this has got to get funny soon. I couldn't. It was the funniest thing <laughs> to me. It was. I was trolling the other comedians in my mind. I was like, I'm being so subversive. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone, I think, legitimately for two minutes just thought I was having trouble. Then when I lied down on the floor, I, I don't know. I guess they thought. Um, and it was the most joy I've ever had on stage in my entire life because n I was so committed and nobody was <laughs> laughing. And then I got paid. And But they were fine about it. They were like, you know, you can't win them all. I was like, well, <laughs> I could have. I mean, I don't want to throw that at it. I could have won this one if I, <laughs> if I hadn't rolled about with a, with a microphone. I just thought it would be up, up like rapturous applause because it had happened six times and it was getting annoying. But apparently it was only annoying to me. Yeah. So, oh. I well, I mean, it's worth it. a try. It was. Isn't it? At moments like that, I was just amazing. And uh, late in life at Edinburgh, every time I do late in life, it feels like top of the world. Because I get news in front of a theatre of people, and uh, and I'll, <laughs> I get like, um, just at this line that just uh, every time I always, I, I talk a little bit about being transgender, then I get news and I say, now you know my secret, I am ginger. Because <laughs> I've got like a tiny little ginger feeling <laughs> And that moment, I always know it's going to work. And you know when you know something's going to work, then yeah. I'm like, I'm going to savour this moment every time. And in this setting, in this room, every time this is going to work, it's just a joy. So, yeah, that's, um, that's the best job in the world. Yeah. I uh, was a technician for Late and Live uh, about yeah. six years ago. Oh, right. Yeah, and I got given, uh, is it Marcel Lucon? The, uh, he's a character okay. comedian. And he gave me this uh, CD to play and he was like, I will say like track one or two and then, you know, just play it. Uh, and it was a blank CD. <laughs> so he was going like, play the song on stage in front of, it's like 300 people yeah, in there, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and my boss is stood behind me and I was so shit at that job. Like I was like he genuinely threatened to fire me weekly like <laughs> I was horrendous at it uh he let me go early we both agreed that I should just <laughs> leave um but he he was like so angry behind me and then I got like him the actor like the performer shouting at me and 300 people <laughs> like, it's a blank cd <laughs> yeah because you're um, then expected to right so was it a bit that he was doing on you or was it just a, accidentally a blank cd accidentally a blank right, cd okay so it wasn't <laughs> even like a performance art of like he was just making you take the front of it no no yeah. um what, yeah. to do? What, what could you even possibly do absolutely nothing and also we found people just like shagging behind the curtain it's that yeah. kind of gig it's it, great it is it's a it's a baptism of fire people for sure but if you're committed to it that it could go awfully then I then I personally think it's the best gig in the world I thought this was going to be the most heartbreaking devastating thing and it was the best night of my life like the first time I did it <clears throat> um and I think that's a good message for anyone isn't it in in the arts just yeah. don't don't plan for the worst but mentally emotionally prepare for the worst 
and do yeah. your best and do your best anyway. Because if you were preparing for the worst, you wouldn't put in the effort. So just act like you're like it's going to be great. Prepare for it to be awful, and then you'll have a great time. Yeah, be aware that it starts at one a.m. and everyone's pissed. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. Dregs. it's the dregs. It's the dregs yeah. in a two-tiered theatre, which is a really strange situation. Yeah, it's that really artsy situation for um, scum. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I we uh, are almost at our time uh, oh, now, okay. uh, but we'll just slip in the bad job from history, uh, which I've kept forgetting to do it, so I feel like I should, because <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, but I've been picking one since lockdown that are uh, from the mid-1600s, uh, because that is when the plague was, and it kind of feels, you know, relevant. Um, so today uh, is the uh, dog and cat killer, um, who used to be uh, formerly known as the dog whipper, which I think sounds kind of kinky. Um, but they thought that because they could just see dogs and cats in a way that they couldn't see rats, they just thought that they were passing the plague around. So they got paid up to a penny uh, for each one killed, forty thousand dogs got killed and eighty thousand cats in London. So I mean, we know uh, whether they were dog or cat people. Like, <laughs> fuck the cats, right? <laughs> but the problem was because they killed all the cats and dogs, that left the rats with very exactly. few predators. Exactly, they've exacerbated the situation massively. Exactly. So, and also like household pets in the plague houses just got killed as well. Um, so, I mean, apparently the only thing, well, the traditional view is what got rid of the plague um, or at least sort of made it a lot less bad than it was, mm. uh, was the Great Fire of London. Because it just got rid of everything. Right. And now, so, all these years later, the plague is being... I just called it the plague. Uh, Covid is being linked to animal farms in other countries. But it's all like yeah. dogs. You, you'll notice yeah. I'm not a scientist, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, throwing, I'm just throwing nouns at you. But like, yeah, so is history repeating itself? I always say to my wife, don't kill... Keep killing all the spiders. But she hates flies. It's like you're making it worse. <laughs> you're exacerbating right. it badly. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think we know the solution now uh, to COVID. Just, just burn it. Uh, <laughs> burn the city because it uh, it killed uh, the plague. Apparently, it killed a third of everyone in London the, within a couple of months. The plague or the fire? Uh, the plague. I'm not sure about the fire. Mm. Um, but I mean, after looking at those far right protests on Saturday, yeah. get rid of a third. It's fine. It's, it's fine. I, I'd almost be fine if it was random, like Thanos from uh, Avengers. If it was snapped, I'd be like, that, <laughs> that's worth it. That's fine. There's too many people knocking around. Too many people to get behind any opinion, good or bad. <laughs> no opinion yeah. left that many people who like believe in it. <laughs> um, and also, the house prices would be fantastic if a third of everyone just oh left. Gosh, yeah. That would yeah. be right out right now. Um, right. The a with a whippet is a type of dog, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. if you're a a whippet whipper, then you've got a funny type of dog title. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just work, I'm workshopping. We're just workshopping it here. Yeah. And that's what I thought when you said it, dog whipper. I instantly thought of a whippet. Um, yeah. I don't know why. It sounds similar, doesn't it? That'd be it. That'd be the reason. Uh, but it was quite a good job being a dog whipper, apparently. You whipped the dogs out of town. Oh, so it wasn't even killing them? It was no, not just, get rid of them? Yeah, get away. But oh. then, like, when the plague happened, they were like, kill them. Yeah, that, that's less barbaric. I thought you meant... I, I thought you meant they hadn't even, like, developed a more humane method than <laughs> death by whip. <laughs> oh, my God lacerated canine oh poor little things that aren't alive anymore so that's right. bad which is full yeah. circle really because tigers isn't it exactly there we go so well thank you uh <laughs> thank you for being a... uh what would you like to plug you have many many things 
Uh, you're a person of many talents. That's a nice thing for you to say. Thank you. Um, uh, I've had a bit of true. fun. I've had a great time. So I'd like to plug uh, this show, which is probably redundant. <laughs> you <laughs> you found it. it. Yeah. Uh, so well done for listening. But also, if people fancy checking out Transaction across Comedy Central social media, um, it's a show I've done. I'm in it. I play myself with a slightly different name. Uh, and people dig it. Uh, and it's doing all right. It's like nearly three million views now. I'm really happy. It's going all right. That's fantastic. So, Transaction, Comedy Central, UK. Yes. Fuck the US one. Let's do that. If there is an American adaptation I don't know about, I'm going to be pissed because I wrote it. It's not like <laughs> they're allowed to do that without asking me. I don't know. I didn't really read the contract very well. <clears throat> it's been a uh, giggle. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Uh, goodbye. See you, see you on tomorrow. <laughs> I'll catch you later. Yeah, Goodbye. On the other side of the plague. <laughs>